Lord Jesus, help us to ever walk with you in faith, in trust, responding to your love with our commitment. In your name we pray, amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. We are completing our sermon series this morning that uh, has been entitled, God's Love, My Response. Uh, In the first week of the series, you recall, the theme was, I am yours. And we made the point that that really was talking about two things. First, it was talking about identity, that we're able to say, I am yours, God, because you have adopted me into your family. You have made me your child by grace. We also said that saying I am yours is a statement of our commitment to the Lord. Now that I I am his child, I'm able to say, God, I am yours in everything I do in my life. Then last week, Pastor Bill focused on the theme, I am in, underscoring the point that we are citizens of heaven. We are in the family of God by his grace, and because we are in, we are dedicated then to helping others to be in too as we share the good news of Jesus with the world around. This morning's theme is I am up. I am yours, I am in, and I am up. And there's, there's two applications that we're going to explore under that theme this morning, saying I am up. The first one really comes from today's epistle text from Romans chapter 6, where Paul basically is telling us that in baptism... Christ has raised us up. Listen again to the way Paul words it. He says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism connects us to the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And because Jesus died and rose for us, we die to sin and are raised. And we can truly say, I am up in Christ Jesus. The next verse after that text is is educational. It says, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him In his resurrection. Think about what that means, friends. Jesus went to the cross to pay for all of our sins with his very life. No matter what you've done that you regret. Jesus died to forgive it at the cross. And then he didn't stay dead. He came back to life on that third day. Guaranteeing the salvation that he offers to all who trust in him by faith. And that death and resurrection of Jesus is yours and mine in our baptism through faith in the Savior. And so we are able to say in baptism, Christ has raised us up to a brand new life. And not only that, we look forward to the last day when Jesus returns in power and glory and he raises all the dead back to life. And all who have trusted in him will be given glorified heavenly bodies. We will truly be up in the ultimate way as we enter heaven with our resurrected bodies. We can truly say, therefore, I am up. 
I am up in Christ. But now there's a second application of that phrase that I want us to look at this morning. The phrase, I am up, has another meaning. And to illustrate this second meaning, I'm going to use a little object lesson that you know, those of you who know me well, know this ties well into my hobbies and interests. And that is, you probably all know that I'm a big baseball fan, right? Uh, Those of us who are really into baseball uh, recognize that the season we're in right now is is not uh, absent of baseball. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, we're very interested in all the trade deals that are going on right now, and uh, we all recognize that spring training is right around the corner. For us who are passionate about baseball, like my friend David Asmus there, Baseball is what uh, really kind of gives us energy. And uh, I was a, a hitting coach for my daughter's softball teams over the years that she played, and including in high school. And it's important in baseball to be willing to step up to the plate and swing the bat. I mean, nobody on a baseball team uh, is allowed the opportunity to, to not go up to the plate and bat unless you're an American League pitcher. But, you know, we'll leave those guys alone. Yeah, everybody has to step up to the plate and swing. It's a part of being on the team. It's a part of playing the game. And I think that illustrates the second point of what it means to say, God, I am up. I am up. I'm up to bat in the game of life, of spiritual life, in a life that honors you. Yes, God, I will step up to the plate and bat. That's really what he calls us to do, isn't it? It's a call to dedicate our lives for God's purposes. Whatever our vocation might happen to be, you don't have to be a pastor to do that. You don't even have to be a prophet like old Isaiah in the Old Testament lesson for today. But he is a good example of someone who stepped up to the plate and said, God, here I am. I'm up. You remember the story. He was given this wonderful vision of heaven in all of its glory. He was able to see God in all of his glory. And in in seeing a holy God, he recognized his own sinfulness. And he said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, among a people of unclean lips. And he feared for his very life. But then an angel of God was sent to him, who touched his lips with a hot coal and said, your sins are forgiven. And knowing that his sins were forgiven, he then was poised to make a response. When God said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? That is, who will be a prophet to the people of God? Isaiah said, well, here am I. Send me. Isaiah stepped stepped up to the plate and batted. Today's theme ties into our overarching theme of God's love, my response. God has loved us so incredibly through his son, Jesus. And he simply wants us to respond in joy to that love. And one of the ways we do that is to say, God, I'm up. I'm up to dedicate my life for your purposes. It's really what that gospel lesson is about as well, that story of those three servants. 
there were three people who were each given the opportunity to step up to the plate, so to speak. They were given the opportunity to say, yes, I am up, Master, I am up. I will do my part. In the story, there's the master who entrusts all of his possessions uh, to these servants or these stewards of his as he prepares to go on a a long-distance journey. He gives each of them a certain number of what were called talents. Now, in those days, a talent was a unit of currency in gold or silver. And each talent was very, very valuable. It's been estimated it's anywhere from uh, one to two years' wages per talent for the average worker. So this was an extremely large amount of wealth, if you will, that the master was entrusting to his servants. To one he gives five talents, to another he gives two, and to another he gives one with with the charge to manage the master's money well for his purposes. Well, they go and they do their own thing. The one with five goes and makes use of it for the master's purposes and actually doubles it to ten. The second one doubles his to to four, from two to four. But the third one was afraid of the master and, and figured the best he could do was to bury it in the ground so he could at least return the one to his master. When the master returned and called them to account, he praised the first two for they had made use of his his wealth and possessions for his purposes and brought a, a, a positive result. But the third one made you no use of it at all, buried his talent, and the master was displeased. It's really a story of faithfulness, being faithful servants or stewards of the master. Jesus is telling this as a parable of the way the kingdom of God works. The master, of course, is God. And the stewards are all of us who have been entrusted with what the master has given us. The master has called us to manage it well, to manage it for his purposes. And the question is, how faithful will we be? Now, today when we use the word talent, we think of something else, don't we? When we don't immediately think of money, we think of God-given abilities that each of us has received from God. And on that level, each of us is charged to step up and use our talents and our abilities and our spiritual gifts that Pastor Bill spoke about recently for the glory of God and for his good. And I see so many great examples of that here at Shepherd of the Desert of people stepping up and using their God-given talents and abilities. I want to highlight one example of that, of one of our young men who's in college, who uses his musical talents and his uh, videographic talents uh, uh, in, in worship. He attends Grand Canyon University. He's a part of a praise band. And a week ago Saturday, Ben Hoppe and his band led our Ablaze worship experience at the Mountain View campus. He had prepared a little introduction to the whole experience. I want to show you just a short couple of minutes of that introduction that Ben uh, prepared, and it features him in the start. Please watch. Sometimes 
Worship is not defined by music. Worship is not defined by dancing. Worship is not defined by art. Worship is not defined by a sermon. Worship is not defined by lifting your hands up in praise, belting out your voice, or kneeling. Worship is defined by the remembrance and anticipation of our God. Remembering what he has done in the past and looking forward to the future of what is to come. So if we keep God in the center, worship can be music. Worship can be dancing. Worship can be art. Worship can be a sermon. Worship can be lifting up our hands in praise, belting out our voice, or kneeling in a sign of surrender. If God is at the center, then the type of worship is up to us. Joel 2.13 says, Rend your heart and not your garments. This is the Bible verse that we as a band strive to live for. The lesser known word in this verse is wrecked, which means to tear apart violently. So what he's basically saying here is to worship from your heart. Open your heart up to the Lord. When it says not your garments, it means to not necessarily show off your worship. This is emphasized by Jesus in Matthew 6 when he says not to have public displays of righteousness. For God rewards those who give from the heart in secret. Don't worship in a way that Ben is just one of many examples of people here who use their talents for the glory of God. How wonderful it was to hear the bells ring again this morning and the folks using their talents. How wonderful it is to hear the choir use their voices to the praise of God. And how wonderful it is to observe what each of you do in using your talents for the glory of God. And it is especially heartwarming when it's done out of joy. Indeed, everything that we are to do is to be done out of a sense of joy. The invitation to say, I am up, is really a call for a joy-filled response to God's love. Think about that word joy again, J-O-Y. Jesus first, then others, and then yourself. When it's in that order, joy is very evident. And that third part on you is an invitation for you and I to joyfully take take our part in the body of Christ using our talents and all of our abilities for the glory of God. We can say, I'm a part of the body of Christ and there is joy in using my gifts and talents for the work of God's kingdom. Again, our theme verse for this entire year is 1 Corinthians 12, 27, where Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That's an invitation to say, yes, God, I am up, and I will do my part with my talents. And the invitation to say, I am up, is also a call to be like those two faithful stewards of the master in Matthew chapter 25. Think again about those two faithful stewards. They were entrusted with an awful lot of the master's money. And what did they do? They put it to use for the master's purposes. And friends, the same is true for you and me as well. God is our master. We are his stewards. And if you think about it, he owns everything. He really does. He allows us the opportunity to work for the monies that we have, but ultimately it all comes from him. He owns everything. And what has he done? He has entrusted some of his wealth to each of us. And he calls us to manage it well, not foolishly. And he calls us to put it to use for his purposes. 
And yes, some of his purposes are that you would take care of your family, provide for your family's needs, and do those things that you need to do for your family. But a part of what it means to respond to God's grace and put his blessings to use includes the giving of our offerings for the work of the Lord through the local congregation. Today is Commitment Sunday, and and this is specifically for the members of this congregation. If you are a guest here today, uh, you can listen, but this is not directed at you. But to our church members, being Commitment Sunday today, we're extending you an invitation, an an invitation to dedicate a portion of your financial blessings for the Lord's work through this congregation, Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church and School. In the mail, you should have received a pledge card and a letter this past week that uh, talked about uh, this invitation to to, uh, say, I am up and take part. If you brought that with you and you placed it in the envelope, I'm going to invite you to place that in the offering plate at the time of the offering today. If you haven't had a chance to fill this out, there should be some extra copies there. Uh, If you would like to fill that out today, please do. If you need another week to work on that, perhaps with your spouse, take it home with you. Bring it back next Sunday. But just let me encourage each of you, first of all, to do this not because you have to, but because you want to. To do it as a response to God's love for you. To say, yes, God, I am yours. To say, yes, God, I am in. And say, yes, God, I am up. I'll step up to the plate and I'll take part in this mission that we share together. It's all really about God's love for us first. And then it's about our response to him. Will you say, I am yours, I am in, and I am up. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.